babe. Hello all and welcome to the Affluent Marriage Podcast. You're listening to one financial coach and one educator talk about living a rich and full marriage through generational wealth building principles, authentic two-way communication, and everything in between to become a couple that lives in love and walks in wealth. Your legacy begins here. I didn't break character. I, I maintained you did. the whole way through. You did. I was very I proud of you. you I know. think my whole purpose is to try and get you to break character. Just to get me to break. That you know, be funny. It has been it's an been incredible minute, week. But you know what? You say that, but it hasn't been a minute for them. It hasn't been a minute for you guys, but it's been like a couple weeks since we've... It's has it been a couple? One, one week. week? It has felt like so we took ages, but there's a reason for that. Because kim got real allergy sick not like sick sick but like your allergies have just been going haywire so she's been sneezing and coughing and i was like look babe if you sound like that if you look like that i've never had allergies and i'm still like wondering if it was or if it was just because of the refurbishment of the bathroom i think that's a huge part of it we've had a lot of stuff going on in the bathroom there's been a lot of dust and debris just getting in the air and we've been cleaning every day just wiping surfaces and mopping and doing all the things that yeah. we can do. And they've done an excellent job of trying so to keep it within the bathroom. Good. But, but just, I'm here all day, every I, day, you know, with them. And that all of that dust, I'm sure, you know, we're sleeping in it and it's all in our bedroom. So I think that had something to do with it too. But, but man, we washed all of our covers and sheets. Ooh, and I mean, we've done all the things that we can do to minimize the dust. My congestion. It was so bad last week, guys. You, you would up. not. I was like, sounded like the. I would like. I could not. It was. It was really bad. <laughs> it was really bad. So, anyway. But here we are. Here we are. And I want you because the last time they heard you were talking about your headspace going into yeah. this this renovation. Uh huh. Where where was your mind and where's your mind now? I think my mind at that point, because again, it was like over a week and a half ago, um, I was really concerned because I knew they were coming in and I was really had a lot of mindset blocks around like, oh my gosh, how much is this going to cost? Um, and it wasn't necessarily the money. It was the unknown of like, what what is the scope of what we were dealing with? And I was really concerned. I don't know. I was just, I was just, it was just the unknown. I couldn't control it. And so adding things in there was just like, what does that mean? What does that mean though? Like, how does that change? How long this is going to take? But I need the listeners to know, like we had a quote when you say like, how much is this going to cost? We were given a quote. We knew exactly what it was going to cost. But we were adding things on and that was the part that was making me very nervous. Um, Again, it wasn't the money. It was just like, I don't have control over it. So I can't think beyond what's happening right here unless anyway so um yeah, we're like eight nine days in and it's it's we got maybe one more day to go it's yeah, all kind of like finishing so. touches yeah. where, where are you at now i feel so good oh my goodness watching this all come together like i i have a different like perspective when you watch hgtv and they're doing a renovation and they're halfway through the renovation and they're like exhausted like they're like mm. man like i can see like on property brothers you know halfway through where yes. they're like they're like oh i'm so sorry this came up and we're going to need another $15,000 from you. And they're like, man, <laughs> like I already, like, I was like, oh, I feel that. <laughs> like, I feel that, you know, like you're, it's not that you don't have it. It's just like, man, like I was going to use that for something else, you know, or, or I feel it in the this time regard. frame. And I don't know, there's just all of that. But now I'm on the other side We've of it. We've gone from two bathrooms to one bathroom yeah, that's because I've been working on it. So the idea of not having that bathroom, like in the middle of the night, we have to get up to go to the hallway now yeah. or all these like three girls in my house and you all have to share the bathroom in the morning. It's like just it's, crazy. 
It's been a lot. So it's when you say HGTV, like the people that are getting their kitchens done, like they're living on like grilling outside yeah. or they're living on eating out. And it's like, it oh, gets old, like two more weeks of this. And it's like, no way, dude, like, yeah. I can't, I can't grill one more time or eat out one more yeah. time or whatever. I just want is. my kitchen like, back. Just, yeah. Yeah. That's kind of how it is. Like, I just want my room back. Like everything is all in disarray. Like, so today we got to vacuum our rugs again instead oh, of so like, nice. there's been so much dust on the floor, debris. And yeah, there were so many liners. tarps everywhere. So it's nice to like, okay, like my room is back and it looks so much better. My closets are like not exposed so I can actually close the drawer or close the closet, which is really nice. And um, our amazing, like if you have looked at on Instagram stories, I think even on yours or on mine, I have tagged the company that we used. If you're in the DMV area, they are absolutely phenomenal. Um, and you know, the, the owner, like we are friends with them and his wife was so, so sweet and keeping me in the loop. And also they got us a little surprise because I, I was like, yo, just get me white tiles on the floor and white tiles on the, the shower. Like I was not trying to do anything crazy. And they got us those beautiful tiles and just designed it. Like it was, it's just beautiful. Like I, it is more than I could have done on my own. Oh, for um, sure. And I'm very happy Great that choice. they. And you know, what, we that. put it all on the credit card, and hopefully, we'll pay it all off one day. False. This this renovation is not following us out of this house because we used a HELOC, and we're going to pay no, it back one day. False. <laughs> false. How did we pay for this? <laughs> In cash. Oh. So wait, we saved up money for this? Yes, maturely? we sure did. We sure did. And then after we realized we had enough, then we pulled the trigger? Then we pulled the trigger. I mean, it's a it's a amazing wow. thought, you know? And honestly, like, I feel like there's a lot of different ways that you could go about this, right? Everybody has, everyone approaches wealth. Everyone approaches big decisions, lots of different ways. Based on our situation and what we're dealing with, this was the best way for us to move forward because this is not something that I want us want to follow us after this. I want it to be something that we are able to immediately reap the benefits from it. I love that. And, and I love the decision that we made and that's mm -hmm. how we build wealth. That's, and that's what we we're doing it. and you can do it too. It's that's very it. simple, but if you don't want to do it our way, there's a lot of other plans out there. Yep. I just want you to be successful. So last pod, we talked about overcoming money fears. So we'd mm -hmm. spent some time talking about what are some common money fears that you might be having and then we kind of broke down how exactly do you attack that? How do you mm -hmm. attack those fears and overcome them? We are moving on. We yes. have our millionaire blueprint going on right now. So those episodes are happening every Thursday. It's exclusive on content. Graham House. On Graham House. Graham episode Fam. one, we talked about how to create a budget. And on episode two, we're going to talk about how to bring that conversation to your spouse mm -hmm. and create a budget with your spouse. Yes. And I said Graham House. That's just our other nickname for everything. Graham fam is what it's called. So if you're on Graham fam, that is our subscription. Um, if you have not checked it out, why not? Why haven't you? <laughs> you know, I actually, there was someone who just DM'd me on uh, Instagram and they were like, you know what? I feel terrible, but I have not been listening to the podcast. And I finally listened to my first episode and they were like, oh my gosh, blown this away was phenomenal. Like you guys were like just blown away. So if you're listening and you know people who would benefit from this podcast, share it. which is literally everyone on the planet. Literally share, share it. it. Spread the news. We don't want to be the world's best no, kept secret. We Tell don't. people about it. Tell people. Tell people what? Tell people what about this podcast? Um, because we are funny and we're bringing like topics about money and wealth building and communication and marriage and relationships. In a relatable way. In a relatable way. Like, do you know how many like 
like references we make to TV shows and musicals and singing and jokes and, and there's a lot of laughing and sports like there's a lot of stuff that happens here so make sure you tell your friends and if you are loving this content that comes out on Mondays just think how amazing the content is in Graham fam yeah, it's don't you want phenomenal more don't you want more like we go real deep on the topics even deeper than what we do here um, and we're literally giving you step by step what we do our perspective um, how it works Q and A's are there. Like it's amazing. So definitely make sure that you check us out. Kim, I've made a terrible mistake mm. for this episode of the podcast, mm -hmm. and I'm going to talk about it later in the show. What? Um, when I feel more willing to talk about it. Oh my goodness! But I'm just going to leave that. You know, I'm like, what? what later in the do? show. Yeah, let's I'm build like some looking. suspense here. I've I've made a huge mistake. Uh, but we'll talk about that later. Oh, I'm looking all now, over the place. Like, what mistake did he make? What I. <laughs> want to talk about today for mm -hmm. this fun day Monday freebie episode is what is considered one of the best ways to build generational wealth, right? We read Rachel Rogers. We've we looked at Robert mm -hmm. Kiyosaki. We've looked at, you know, Harv T. Ecker. We've looked at all these different people um, who are well-regarded in the financial mm -hmm. realm. And they have all said pretty much the same thing when it comes to building wealth. Like there is one way that just beats all the others mm -hmm. and is the best way to build wealth. And what is that? Building a business. Having your own Having business. Having your own business. Right now, we've talked about this time and time again, right? Just because that's the best way doesn't mean to it's build weight doesn't mean it's the only way and it doesn't mean it's the best way for you, right? Not everyone is cut out to be a business owner, just like I say, not everyone's cut out to be a teacher, right? Most Correct. teachers leave the profession within the first three years yep. and they realize as soon as they get into the classroom, like this ain't for me. Mm -hmm. The classroom management isn't there. They don't want to do all the work, right? Teaching is one of the only professions where you mentally get yourself in the headspace for work before work and you're like figuring out what you're going to do that day. Then you get there and do the thing. And then after work, you're thinking about work because you're reflecting on your day and mm -hmm. what could have been better and how you're going to plan for the next, like the work never stops. It never ends. And teachers realize very quickly, I, I say teachers realize, like people realize very quickly they are not cut out yeah. for the teaching. It's a lot. For the teaching You have to really career, be right? passionate about what you're doing when you're in education. The same thing is true for business. A hundred percent. I have been watching you for the last few years and the difference between you and me is my job is goes from like, I'm just going to say nine to five. That's not mm -hmm. the true numbers, but when it hits five o'clock, I get to turn my brain off yes. and I don't have to worry about work. When I'm on summer break, I'm on summer break, spring true. break, spring break, winter break, winter break. Uh -huh. That's not the case for you as a business owner. No, it's not. It's really not. I'm constantly thinking about my business. In fact, at night I'll wake up and I'll have downloads and I'm like, ooh, I need to write that down or I'll forget it. Um, and it's all about business. It's all about ways that I can serve my clients better. I think about my clients probably way too much. Like I had to talk to my coach about it and she's like, you care too much. And I'm like, is that possible? And I'm like, she's like, yes. <laughs> if, it, if it makes you not sleep at night and you are you know, thinking about their well-being all the time, like that just shows that, you know, one, I'm, I'm a very, very caring coach and I do care about the, the well-being of my clients, but um, sometimes it can be, be a little obsessive. <laughs> Not obsessive. Oh my goodness. I hope it doesn't sound like I'm like going to be done. No, but, if you, but I care if a you lot put so about much my time and passion and care into your clients, then 
you run yourself thin from your yeah. family, your friends, your hobbies, and even other potential clients that are out That's there. That's so true. You know? You're, and you know what? It's so interesting. So I'm having, I'm just going to be super transparent while we're here, you know, on Love this that. wonderful day in May. Um, I'm having one of my highest months cash-wise that I've ever had in sales this month. Um, and I mean, the biggest contract I've ever signed, the biggest, um, like, influx of people that I want to connect with. I'm having really good, it's been a really, really good month so far and it's only the 10th. And I'm very excited about that. And I have to be careful how I like, it's almost, ex- I don't know, it's like going down a roller coaster. Like you're like, okay, okay, do how much do I, how much do I get excited about this? Because my mindset can do a lot of different things. And so you Girl, can throw have- throw those hands in the air and get crazy. See, Close your eyes, see. whatever makes it more scary for you, baby, enjoy <laughs> the ride. It's so funny because like literally, that's that's literally what it's like. You're like, do I put my hands up and enjoy the ride and like go in reckless abandon and like really go ham in that energy? Or do I just stay a little bit cautious and put my hands on, on the railing just a little bit, just in case? <laughs> the drop hurts too much. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at right now because I just told Daniel the other day, I was like, wow, this is really good that I feel so aligned with the clients that I'm bringing in that I can actually let go of some of the clients that maybe are not um, surviving. Like they're not performing the way that I would want them to perform. They're not reciprocating in the same ways like that I would want them to reciprocate in my program. Um, And that's kind of a flex. And I know that probably sounds like, oh my gosh, you're letting people out of your program. But when you are building a program that's working for so many, those two people, especially for me as an educator, those two people, those three people, those, 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 those handful of people who maybe are not performing and it's not for lack of trying, it's that they're not showing up or they're not doing it. And because my program is one-on-one, I have the ability to say, I'm sorry, this isn't for you. And that's okay. You have to have commitment. But you have to have commitment. And if you're not able to commit, then I'm sorry. It's not really a good fit for us. It's a waste us. of their time and it's a waste of your time and if they're not going to show up. Yeah, but like that is such a CEO flex. Like that's a part of it. I, w- I was just talking to one of my clients who had to fire um, or let go of someone that had been there, but there wasn't really a need for that position. Sometimes that, that's literally what it is. There isn't a need for that position and they had to let them go because they needed to have more cash flow to go to other things. Um you know, cause they have a whole bunch of debt they're trying to get rid of. Right. And so it's those types of decisions. That's a CEO decision that that's how you protect your peace. That's also how you protect the other person. Cause that's not fair to say, if this person wasn't here, I could pay, you know, that's not fair either. And so you have to, you have to be prepared for those things in business. So all that to say, being a business owner, I hope we brought that point home. It is not like, I can turn my brain on and turn my brain off. It is always thinking about business. It's always thinking about the next day. And I think because you thrived as a teacher in that environment where work doesn't Mm -hmm. stop, I think that's a very clear sign Mm -hmm. that you were going to thrive as a business owner because the work doesn't stop and you just keep going. You're my little energizer bunny. Yeah. So we're talking about the power of owning your own business. Now you might not be a business owner, but you might have an aspiration to be one. Yeah. And what we're gonna do today is talk about how to start your own business. We're Mm -hmm. gonna give you all the tips, all the tricks. We're gonna break it down for you step by step. So maybe you're in the process of starting a business, maybe you already have a business and you might get new ideas from this or things you might not have thought about and you can apply to your business. Mm -hmm. Or maybe you are someone who currently has a hobby 
or have thought about, you know what, I really have something that I'm good at and I would like to monetize it, monetize mm-hmm. this. So yeah. where do I even begin with that? This is the this podcast, is that for, podcast you. for you. How do you even start a business? It's really exciting because this is something I love to talk to people about. It seems like it would be super easy. Um, I do want to say first, this is focused on online businesses, uh, not brick and mortar. Although some of these things could be used or, or could be like we could totally say, oh, yeah, like this is something that you might need for um, a brick and mortar business or something like that. But this is really mainly for like the online space. Sure, so you know. sure. And it, it could apply to both. But we are focusing in on the online space. Before we start, I am parched and I oh just my gosh. need a You haven't done this in a while. Affluence. <laughs> It's been a while since you heard that one. (laughs) We're going to start by talking about choose a business idea. Yes. Okay. All of that came from just one can. That's amazing. It's incredible, right? a lot of information from there, wasn't it? So, okay. So how do you choose? How do you start your business? First, you got to choose your business idea. Mm. Um, I always tell people that when they're choosing a business idea, they need to think about something that they're just good at, like inherently. Um, I was literally just talking to Ashley. I was going to say you were just talking to your niece about, you know, what are your what are you good at? What are your hobbies? What are you passionate about? What are you, and what yeah. was her, her flex? So her flex is that uh, she knows a second language. So she's fluent in, in ASL, American Sign Language. My sister is uh, deaf. And so we all know sign language. Um, and my sister, or my Even niece, I know like 50 hand you signs. You do, like, yeah. Half of them are swear words. <laughs> uh, he's learning with my niece. Like he could talk to my my youngest Your niece. Your two year old, my two year old niece, and he could like. I had talk a conversation with the other day. I you said, did. "Where's the cat?" That's right. You sure did, and she was so excited Check to tell him where the cat was. That's three of my fifty words. <laughs> um, but yeah, so my niece is very fluent, um, and so she has a skill that's pretty much just already within her that she can use and monetize um, as a way that she can like you know make some additional income for herself so you know it's something like that something that you already do that you're just good at that you that's just inherent that's a good place to start and then also thinking about things that you're passionate about things that you're like yeah i could totally do this this doesn't seem like and we're not talking this has to be a huge empire this is just something that you like um some of my first businesses because i've i've started maybe what three four of them you had the sign language business? I did. I had a sign language business, an ASL business for babies. So I would go, and I never really got that one off the ground. Um, but I had this idea, and I think it's so funny when I look back on it. The reason why I thought about that is because I wanted something that I could create, um, a business that I could create around my daughter being home. So I was like, if I had kids over at my house and I taught them sign language, boom. If I could bring my daughter to daycare and I could go into that daycare and teach sign language to her class and she goes to daycare for free, boom. boom. I like I had all these different ideas as to how my skill could better my life and that's how it started. Um, boom. Oh, I thought boom. we were going to do another no, one. No, we weren't going to do okay. another one. Uh, but that didn't go it. off because I, I was still teaching for another year and decided um it's really hard to do daycares and such like that when they need me at like 11 a.m and i'm still teaching in my classroom so that didn't really like per it didn't go that far but i also did that business took a loss you bought like a 50 dollars curriculum i sure did and I uh, like we a, never recouped that we never recouped uh, that. we you know we've been struggling ever since <laughs> uh it goes to show you your failures can always be you know winning so business number two for you your business idea was um, it really did. wasn't your idea but you kind of liked the brand. The- I did. Well, I did direct sales. I did two direct sales business. Do you remember? I did a jewelry business. Did you? 
I did premiere jewelry. You did premiere? I did. For how long? For like maybe a year. Really? Yeah, I did it under Aaron. Did you do that <laughs> in conjunction or like? Mm-mm. Not with LuLaRoe. That was no? before LuLaRoe. Okay. So I did premiere jewelry for I like a year. I forgot about that. Yeah, thing. I know. It was a different wow. it was a different lifetime. And then I was also that, did. Was that business profitable for you or did you take a loss all in that right. as well? It wasn't a loss. I definitely made money, but I didn't, I knew that I didn't like selling in the idea of like selling jewelry. It just wasn't my jam to go into places and say, look how different ways that you could wear jewelry. I didn't mind going to the parties. I didn't mind buying from it, but I just didn't want to do parties. It just wasn't my thing. Then then came LuLaRoe. And when LuLaRoe came into the picture, I liked it because I liked the business model. And nobody had the same materials. So nobody had the same inventory. Um, right. So it wasn't like you and your four friends were all selling jewelry and you all had the same product. Exactly. And it was like, well, who's going to buy from Kelly or yeah. Mindy or Kim? Uh-huh. Like it, they all I hated the same that. stuff. Yeah, I hated it. And I hated going up to a prospect client and they'd be like, I'm sorry, I already have a rep. And I'm like, that's, I hated that. I also hated, um, and I, so anyway, when it was LuLaRoe, I was like, everybody has something different so I can send people to other people. Like that was my collaborative nature. I liked yes. being able to do that. So doing a joint LuLaRoe party was totally, you know, good, which speaks to a lot of the things I do right now in my business. I collaborate a lot. Um, and that just speaks to the nature of what I like my business to do. So anyway, so I, I liked that a lot. And, and so it sounds like you did a lot of different businesses and each time you did a business, it sort of guided yes. you to where you are today. Correct. So it's okay, okay to just run with the business and if it fails, you can learn from that and realize mm-hmm. what of that did I enjoy? What of that did I hate? And what's the next business adventure that's going to be in alignment mm-hmm. with my passion exactly and what so was that for you what did it you was, find it was financial coaching oh really but it was who, who knew but it wasn't because it that took me a little bit too it was because i was in LuLaRoe and can experienced a lot of people who were um up to their eyeballs in debt or making a lot of money not knowing where it was going and there were people who confided in me and i was like i could help you and I recognized that I liked helping them and I liked the collaboration of it all. And I was like, it feels like I'm teaching, but mm. I'm talking about money. And I love being able to share that with Full other people. Circle. Now I'm collaborating with lots of different people. Um, one of my programs is con- in conjunction with another financial advisor. And we work together to make sure that our clients are getting the best service possible. And I don't know. It's just really awesome. So anyway, yes, use your interest and skills and think about the the things that you're passionate about and things about the skills that you already possess. Think about the things in your current job title that you you enjoy, things that you love, things that you like that you're able to say, you know what? I would love to do that like all the time. Like think about those things in your job right now that you enjoy and see how you can expand upon that to create a business. Right. For me, this actually is podcasting right now is actually perfect for me mm-hmm. because I have found that, yes, I'm a teacher, so I'm good at teaching, right? I love speaking because, you know, I did theater and public. I did all those things. Like, I love talking. Love, I love to hear myself talk, you know? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I don't enjoy? I can I tell you what I don't, don't enjoy about this. enjoy listening to people. <laughs> and I love that I can just talk to people and I don't have to listen to anything. Do you listen to me when I talk? Say. You know, it was a learned trait. It was a learned skill. But what I mean is when people come to me with their drama and their problems, I don't know how 
to like sift through it. Uh-huh. I don't know how to feel. I don't know how to handle it. So, you know, people come to me like, oh my goodness, like this happened and, and I'm like, I just, I always say like the same thing. It's like, <laughs> I'm always like, wow, that's crazy. Man, no, oh man. And like, if you're hearing me say those words oh to you, God. just know that He's I have no idea what to say. And I just, I'm not good at like respond. I don't know. Like when people bring me like these things, I just don't know how to like, you're so good with your words. Like you're very empathetic and oh, babe, sensitive and like, yeah, but I'm terrible at that. Mm-hmm. So in, I, this is, this is great for me because I don't have to listen to people and respond to them. I just, I also, just get to talk to you. I get to just be a dispenser of knowledge and you can say whatever you like to me and I'm probably not going to respond. Hey, this is Kim Graham from the Affluent Marriage Podcast. We hope you're enjoying what you're listening to so far. But if you're thinking to yourself, man, I wish I knew more about what's going on in Kim and Dan's world. I want to ask some specific questions and be able to get extra resources. Well, you might want to think about joining the Graham fam. Now, I know I love exclusive content and I love having more of Kim in my life. And if that's something you're interested in, you can be a subscriber and you can get exclusive episodes that no one else is going to hear that's going to help you build generational wealth and have more authentic two-way communication. Links are down in the show description. You'll be able to click and see more information about GramFam, and we hope to see you behind the scenes. Have a great one, and let's get back to the show. It's so funny to me because you you were, we're a perfect yin and yang for this business, honestly, because I'm able to share and hear other people's questions and be like, oh, I can answer very empathetically to this. And I do care. This is why that's one pitfall of having a business. I care a lot about what clients and other people think of me and I could care less. Daniel could care less. So sometimes I'll be Love like me, telling me. him I'm, here. I'm talking to something you. and he's like, Kim, why do you care so much? And I'm like, because like that is just the, the difference. But I think it's great though, because I need that. Sometimes I need that buffer to be like, Kim, no, like you don't really need to care about this. This is not that big of a deal. I can totally see where our daughter gets sometimes like we have to say big problem, little problem. <laughs> Like that's what I seriously have to say. Big problem, little problem. Like, do you really care if this person doesn't like you? You know, I always yes. like to. It's gonna ruin my day. <laughs> go back and, and tie things into our childhood here, but I would have to say that I wonder if it's because you come from a small private school and there's mm. such small classes and everyone knew everyone and like you just had this this need or this desire to be approved by all of oh, those students, Lord. K through eight, whereas. I come from public school where there were hundreds of kids and I had my friends and like there were people I didn't know. And if you didn't like me, whatever, move on. There's other people. Whereas you didn't have that opportunity. It's really interesting because if I'm sure if my coach, if my business coach ever listens to this, she's going to be over here screaming at her speaker or wherever she's listening to because we have had so many conversations about the fact that my background is the reason why I have such a hard time with that because and we're going to talk about this too when we talk about defining your business it idea. All it does. Defining your business idea, figuring out like, you know, who your audience is and who's your target audience and all that stuff. I had such a hard time with my messaging because I was trying to reach everyone because I'm a people pleaser at heart. Bump Why? That. I am a people pleaser because I'm a pastor's kid. I did grow up in a small like school situation. Um, I was in the spotlight a lot because of that. And so a lot of people had expectations of me. And when certain expectations were not met, who heard about it? 
my dad and I had to hear it now my dad was very chill and was like Kim this really isn't that big of a deal but I would take it so personally that someone went out of their way to share something about me behind my back um, that I never wanted anyone to ever think anything badly of me and we have dissected this so often in my coaching calls that she's like you need therapy and I'm like you know (laughs) I probably do (laughs) we're not against it all right anyway create your business idea absolutely you got to come up with what you're passionate about I think we've talked about that with great extent Mm -hmm. um but the next thing you need to do is research the market. Mm-hmm. You know, once you have your list of potential business ideas, right? For you, it was sign language mm-hmm. and jewelry and LuLaRoe, and then it was, you know, finance. You know, research the market to determine if there's a demand mm-hmm. for your product. Is there a demand for your service? Right. And so this is where social media groups come into place, right? We're talking about online. So if you're on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok, there's all these different places where you can see um, as you're scrolling through or as you're in specific hashtags, like those are like searchable words, and you're looking at videos that have to do with this, you're going to see common trends. And you're going to be like, oh, I'm super passionate, for example, about financial literacy and making sure that people understand what they need to do in their home and business finances. I can go through wealth building or I can go through maybe not even wealth building. I can go through actually I can just go through TikTok because the amount of things or the amount of things that I see on Facebook in certain groups and they're talking about budgeting or when they're talking about, you know, building a business, the amount of questions I see where people go, wait, how am I, how much am I supposed to put towards this? How much am I supposed to put towards this? I'm so overwhelmed. I need another sale because otherwise I can't make ends meet. Like there is such a need for this that I know, like I was like, oh, I know this is a need. But even for some of the other things, I knew that, oh, you know what? There were some daycares that didn't have ASL classes. There were some, you know, there was a local deaf community, uh, deaf, uh, uh, school, but they didn't offer things into different areas. There was a local community college and they had you know ASL classes but nothing for kids so like it was something that you have to do you have to research the market go through social media groups ask questions and you're going to get really good feedback as to is whatever you are saying that you want to do is it necessary is it needed is there a group available for your type of service right and I think for you it was perfect because LuLaRoe jewelry like is there a need for that yeah I mean everybody loves clothes everyone loves jewelry but I feel like what you found here with financial coaching, like there really wasn't a market for that. Yeah. And you really tapped into something that wasn't out there, right? There were financial advisors mm-hmm. who would work with your investments and there were courses and programs that you could take to teach you how to budget. But there really, there wasn't someone who was going to provide that one-on-one accountability, take you through your budget, teach you how to budget, track your expenses, categorize your expenses, allocate your funds, do all of those things that that wasn't out there. No, absolutely not. And I think what's also super fun uh, to recognize here is when you're choosing a business idea and you're thinking through past uh, experiences that you've had, I remember one of the pivotal moments that made me switch from doing LuLaRoe to doing financial coaching um, because it was also the idea that I would have certain clients that would pay me a lot of money for their clothes. And I would leave my live shows of someone saying, oh, I I paid you $250, $300 or whatever for clothing. And then in the next breath, I would see them on social and them complaining about a money situation that was happening in their personal life or um, about the fact that they didn't have enough to do X, Y, and Z. 
And that broke my heart because I was like, they just spent $300 and I would much rather use that $300 they gave me to help them understand how to turn this into $30,000. I would much rather do that. I would be so much happier if they gave me that money and I was able to help enrich their life for the better. That would bring me so much joy. I I would leave saying, yay, yeah, I made like $1,000 in sales, but my heart would sink because I know that a lot of them they were just doing retail therapy. Listen, if you are a retailer and you enjoy doing the boutique thing, power to you. That is your passion. But that was my pivotal moment that I was not in the right space. I did not like selling. Right, because even as a real tailor, retailer, you can empower oh, men yeah, and women absolutely. to feel good about themselves oh, yeah. and and it's know, 100% to worth see it. themselves in a new light mm-hmm. and give them that, you know, that positivity and, you know, with their self-image. Like that's awesome. Like that you can do that. Yeah. But for you, that wasn't your passion Mm -mm. and that wasn't your feeling. So you had to do what you were passionate about and Mm -hmm. you knew that you could provide a service and a need. So that's how you discovered your business idea. Yeah. Did you want to, if you had more to say, you can certainly No, that was it. I just wanted to kind of, tie a bow on the choosing a business ideas to think about your previous experiences and think about the things that like make you like you could talk about it all day long like what is it I don't care how nerdy it is or how like are you serious like yes you could make a business doing whatever it is that you think of Um, so you talked about clients that you had and how you felt bad because of you know they were just going through retail therapy but I think it's important kind of ties into the idea that you need to define your target audience right yeah when you're running your business you don't want people who are not committed. Mm -hmm. You don't want people that are not disciplined. You don't want people who are not ready, who are just whining and complaining Mm -hmm. in your DMs. You want people who are gonna show up and who are really trying to change their lives and build generational wealth. So you have to define your target audience. You gotta know who you want. Otherwise, you'll just take whoever and whatever. And let me tell you, that's not it. Most client, most people starting a business for the first time, especially in the service-based industry, they'll start off like that. They'll start off super broad and they'll take any and everybody. That's exactly what I did. That's what a lot of entrepreneurs do. And that's the reason by the time you see a certain entrepreneur when they're first starting, they'll take anybody because they're trying to figure out what they want. By year two, three, sometimes six months in, they are very strict about who they take and they have boundaries and they know what they want. And you can't get mad at them at that point when their price has tripled and they are very, very clear about who they want to serve. They've already had the moment of figuring out what they want. You've had your chance. Okay. So when someone comes out and they go, Hey, I'm just starting a business. Don't doubt them. If you want to take them on their offer, you better take it. Cause once they figure out who their defined audience is, they're going to, they're going to learn how to charge for it too. So, um, determine your ideal customers, what their needs and what their preferences are. Uh, one of the things that is helpful for that, right. Is yeah, it might be just conducting that market research, asking people, is this something that you need? Is this something that, you know, that you think might be a desire? And one of the things that I love about doing market research, here's a great idea for those of you who are starting a business, go into a social platform and ask the question, do you think that it's necessary for, uh, I'd love to do some market research, do that first. Um, Do you think it's necessary to learn financial literacy uh, when you're starting a business, you know, financial do you think you should know financial basics as you're starting a business? Let's just start there. You're going to get a lot of responses. And if you don't, just do it again. No big deal. You're going to get a lot of responses. And then what you're going to do is you're going to say, okay, and you're going to ask them more questions. You're going to ask them personal questions and keep stating, this is market research. I am not trying to sell to you. 
I just want to make sure that my offer is actually necessary for certain people. Um, And that's going to help you understand like, is this actually a need that people, a problem that people want to have solved? And then you're going to be able to do the next part, which is creating a buyer persona, which is like an avatar where you're able to say, this is who my ideal client is. So maybe it might be helpful to share my ideal client or or maybe our ideal client for the podcast. Sure. And I kind of was thinking about going in that direction. You know, as we talk about these things, I kind of wanted to bring it back to the podcast because for me, when I think about who is this podcast for, to me, it's not for the person who has no idea what's going on. Right. That's not who I'm talking to. Mm-hmm. If you don't know about budgeting, if you don't know how to create a budget, we do have the Millionaire Blueprint. We're going over those things, but that's not really who I want to speak to. I want to speak to the crazy people. Mm-hmm. I want to speak to the driven people. I want to speak to the people that are about that affluence, mm-hmm. who are trying to seriously be affluent and live that lifestyle Mm -hmm. because that's who we are yeah we're crazy yeah and i think that's a really good point too that we're going after people this podcast is for those that when we say things like hey we chose to you know live on a one car live for one car for six months so that we could make sure that we had ample amount of money to pay towards affluent that's an affluent decision and only certain people are going to understand that and be like respect there are other people who are going to go why would you do that why don't you just get another car and get a loan you're not our people (laughs) like what i love you're not our people decision we don't have one car right now because we had no choice right right if you're broke you don't have a choice. Right. You get what you get and you don't get upset. Right. When you make affluent decisions, we made a choice. You know what? We're going to get rid of this second car because that's going to save us on insurance. That's going to save us on gas. That's going to save us on repairs. And quite frankly, that car was getting old and we mm-hmm. were putting a lot into it. And we're like, we don't need this in our life. We can manage on one vehicle. Mm-hmm. And it's been amazing. It has been. Oh, we didn't even talk about that, that our car had an issue last week. We had, we'll have to talk about it later, maybe on a different episode. Sure. Because let me tell you, I went through some emotional craziness and I had to talk to you guys about how do you handle those types of emotional decisions when you want to just burn it all and just be like, forget it. I'm done. Who cares about being affluent? <laughs> I want I want what I want. Um, and also like, what do you do in those moments? But we could talk about it another day. Um But anyway, all that to say, yeah, like we have our target audience that we're speaking to. So when we are sharing things about our story, we recognize that that's not going to hit every single person. And it's not for every single person. It's for the people who's who are driven, who are a little bit crazy. Yeah, if you're listening, want to change their life, and you're a little bit crazy, and and you want more, and there's nothing that's going to stop you from getting more, Mm -hmm. then you sound like you are our ideal client, the affluent couple. Yeah, that's right. So like, yeah, so you have to create just like that, a buyer persona. Who is this person I'm trying to reach to? What types of reach? Who, what kind of things do they like? Don't like what kind of thoughts are they having right now? Where do they need help? And that's kind of like where you start your messaging and where you start your, um, you know, your posting, creating your offer. That's how you create your offer around it. Um, We'll talk about pricing and stuff in a little bit because when you're thinking about your product, that's important. But this is also where that comes into place too. So help me out here because it's important to create a buyer persona, Mm -hmm. right? Develop a buyer persona, which, you know, are fictional representations of your ideal customers. You know, and you want to include details like demographics and interests and challenges Mm -hmm. and, and their buying behavior. How have you done that in your business? So I feel like um, 
this has evolved over time. And my recent, because uh, we'll say this at the end too, your business is going to evolve over and over and over and over and over again. And you have to be willing to just be okay with the ebbs and flows of your business growing. Um, so my ideal business, is, my ideal persona, my uh, buyer persona, I guess we could call that, is for millionaires in the making, is an entrepreneur who is making money. They're already making six figures and above. So that means they're already banking and bringing in at least $8,333 a month or more in sales, cash sales. Um, and even though they're bringing in that much or more, they are so confused as to where their money is going. They are still like, how in the world am I bringing in all of this from the clients or all of this from what my my business is bringing in, but yet I'm still like having trouble going to the grocery store or I'm still so confused every time there's a there's a, a bill that comes out and I'm like, crap, where is that coming from? I'm constantly robbing Peter to pay Paul. And I know that I'm successful. I have a really great business. I have clients coming in through the, like a revolving door, but why can't I keep that money in the bank account? Um, she likes Disney. <laughs> she likes family trips. She values conversations with her spouse around finances and she values her children and values that lifestyle of not really bougie lifestyle because that's not me and I'm not going to relate to that person. But the person that I'm after wants freedom, desires to be able to go on vacations when she wants to go on them. But it might not be, um, it might not be to like, you know, in, I don't know, it might not be to like some lavish, like luxury place. It might be like, yo, I just want to go to Disney and I want to go to the Polynesian resort. <laughs> it sounds Which is fine too. <laughs> it sounds like you're just describing yourself. Me. Yes. It is right. Me. So it then is me. my, my buyer persona <laughs> is someone who likes to, you know, work out every morning and, and marry someone named Kim and likes to watch the Lakers play basketball. And you know, that's, that's, play basketball and mm -hmm. basketball. That's my buyer persona. Wow. I love it. Yeah. I love it. That's what I'm looking for, for the podcast. <laughs> so people who like the Lakers and watch basketball hey, and want to build generational wealth too. I love it. And Mary Kim question mark. Mary Kim question mark. But she's already taken. She's already taken a girl like him, a girl like him. Yes. who's driven uh -huh. six figure, multi six figure That's right. financial multi. coach. We're heading there. So it's like, it's one of those, you things. know, when we first got married, all you had to your name was that 98 Honda Civic. That's it. I loved my 98 Honda. That thing was probably worth 1200 it was so bucks. Cute. It was white. I named it big kahuna. <laughs> Oh, I loved my car. You know, before I had student loans, my, my net worth was probably greater than yours. You think my Saturn Ion was worth more than Heck your 98 no. Honda Civic? Heck no. Hondas keep so. their value. It was a 2004 They don't even Saturn make Saturns Ion, anymore. Baby. Suicide they don't doors. Even make Suicide doors. Suicide. They don't even make I could open anymore. those and close them on myself and they'd be like, it, the car was giving me a hug. Oh, Did your, Could your car hug you? It hugged me in lots of different ways. Your car had that annoying thing on the antenna. And it was like a little Disney like thing on the antenna. Saying, and when you would I'm... drive down the highway, the wind would blow on the antenna mm -hmm. and it would thud on the top of your roof. And it's you had that like up. metal tin roof. I and it'd be like, that's how you knew you were going over 60 miles per hour. Man, that thing was so annoying. I loved my car. <laughs> I have very fond memories of her um, or him because <laughs> he was big kahuna. But so why? Those buyer personas are important. Well, so why? But why? Why, why does someone. 
they're they're trying to create their business they're trying to start up why in the world are they spending time is it a waste of time to create a fictional character that you want to find no not at all because once you know what that person looks like what that person sounds like what they like don't like where are they shopping and all the stuff you know how to talk directly to them your content your email list your everything that you are doing you are talking directly to that person like you have to build them honestly like an ai and you have to talk directly to them every time you're writing content or every time you're selling something because when you do you're not worried about joe schmo over there who has you know horrible money habits who has no business who has never had anything successful in terms of um, education or business ever happened to them and they are just negative negative nancy so when they start barking at you and going, well, you know, that's not what I believe. And I don't like what you just said. And that post was offensive to me. Like sometimes it can be easy if you're not dialed in on your ideal client that you can focus on the naysayers and focus on the people who are over on the outside of that laser focused person that you've built. What a waste of time. Come on. Yes, that's exactly what happens. And you can focus on them and you're like, oh no, this is where Kim gets caught up all the time. What if I hurt that person? feeling. It ain't about that person. Joe Schmo's not going to be your ideal client, never will be your ideal client. You're never going to convince him to be your ideal client. He does not exist. But the fact that they're barking back at you means you were striking a nerve and you're exactly. saying the right things. Exactly. So that my ideal was client- speaking to them. My ideal client most likely doesn't even comment or post on anything. They might, but they get in my DMs and they're like, whatever you just said, I want that. That's my ideal client. So that's why it's important to identify that. And it's also important to look at your current customers, right? So you also, you want to develop those fictional characters of who you would like your ideal client to be, but also look at the ones that you do have and identify those common characteristics, right? Consider, you know, why they chose your product, why they chose your service and what their pain points or what their needs are. Mm -hmm. How can you help them? Yeah. I think, yeah, coachability is also, and I'm still thinking about these attributes, coachability and willingness to communicate. Lord have mercy, I'm recognizing how heavy of a pillar that is for me. If you can't talk to me and tell me how you're feeling about certain things and you're not saying whether what's working and not working, it's going to be really hard. Like I'm, I'm going to, that's what causes me anxiety at night when you don't talk to me. I mean, this is what you yell at our kids every day. Right. And when use I say, your yell, words. but that's it. Use your words. I mean, we have Golly. some, use your words. Like don't sit there use your and be words. upset about something and be like, well, Kim never responded to my email or Kim never did this. And I'm just going to be quiet. Use your words. <laughs> Right. Drives me insane. So, right. Anyway, my ideal client will respect that and be like, oh, thank you. I am so excited to share this with you. Hey, hey, guys, this is Kim Graham, co-host of the Affluent Marriage Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed your episode so far. And I know that you're like, wait, hold on, there's more here. And there is. It's in the next episode. <laughs> we hope that you guys are going to join us over there. And in the meantime, if you're waiting, join us on Instagram at the Affluent Marriage Pod, because we'd love to connect with you, converse with you. We want you guys to message us, see how you're doing and how you're enjoying the podcast. We want to hear all of those things. And we cannot wait to help you live in love and walk in wealth in the next episode. See you guys soon. Bye.